So we have this uh, bhavana. Bhavana means uh, it's, it's associated with bhava. Bhava meaning becoming, which is always considered an obstacle um, in the sense of you know a future and getting somewhere and going to be something. But uh, bhava is not easily um, dispensed with. So generally one of the strategies you see in the Buddha's teaching is you actually use things like sankharas, volitional formations and intentions and goals and, and you use them but you direct them to particular purposes and then once you've found that, you know, realize the result of that, then you can let go of it. So, you know, so when we cultivate virtue there's a sense of, you know, having developed a sense of conscience and concern and sensitivity and purity of heart. You don't, doesn't mean you, you abandon virtue, but you, you know, that's, that's, you don't have to go kind of trying to get it more and more perfect. It's like you've achieved what you needed to do with that. So when you have calm or steadiness, you cultivate that. But, you know, you, you, you don't want to make that your sole goal. You know, so there's a, the Buddha once gave a talk where he was talking about how you could develop calm and, and refinement right to the level of neither perception or non-perception. <laughs> you know, some could. So this is, you know, really formless absorptions. And he's, but he said that deathless is just not clinging. You know? So you don't have to go all that way. You know? You need to get somewhere along there until you've begun to see clearly what clinging or feeding is about. Feeding on the mind, leaning on things, the mind holding on to things, the mind seeking things. And this is not something one sees unless one has cultivated some calm. You know, it's just too congested, too tight, too compulsive, too reactive. We don't see it. So then calm is to be cultivated, virtue is to be cultivated, kindness is to be cultivated, strength is to be cultivated, but they are uh, they're relay chariots. It's another simile that's used. You get so far and then you've got to that place, then you move on. You know, it doesn't mean you go back and abandon it, but you it's not a final thing. Bhavana, becoming, cultivating bringing these things into being and knowing the limitations when it's enough. When you've achieved, when you've found what you need, what you've got to, what you needed to be at. And cultivation itself is a lovely, lovely phrase. It gives you the sense of, uh, it's not, not like, exactly like building. It's about cultivating, it means you plant the seed, you clear the soil, you water you wait, you let things grow. It's a kind of organic process. And so, you know, it gives you a sense in which some things just have to grow at their own pace. You can't make yourself have more confidence. You know, old karma has to, you know, old habits sometimes just have to be, you know, refrained from until they, their roots, their, their die out, you know. Compulsive habits, compulsive thinking, 
compulsive doing, compulsive worrying, you know, just kind of witness it without adding more to it, let it fire burn out. So cultivation is both about doing and about not doing. A time to gladden the mind, a time to steady the mind, a time to relax, a time to to encourage it, a time to exert it. And then they have this uh, lovely sequence in the teachings on mindfulness of breathing, which actually is repeated through many different forms of what's called the insight teaching. And this is it's it's you know it's it's the it's the umbrella it's the thing that covers all of it you know it's it's going in a different direction because insight is just reviewing anupasi means to look through or look together with or look at something that's actually happening rather than make it calm it brighten it change it in any way just witnessing and uh, you know this is the fourth of these so-called tetrads because it always, well, not always, but it's generally recommended that you, you know you have to get to some level of steadiness and stability, and then there's a possibility to to witness. You know, when when the mind is too too caught up, too busy, it doesn't witness; it just reacts. When it's too frightened when it's too panicked, when it's too glued, emotionally glued to what's going on. So you've got to get that sense of what's needed to, to at least enable one to, the mind or witnessing to occur, a sense in which there's a ability to step back from these powerful uh, formations, energy formations, like as, yeah, anger, lust, fear, worry, restlessness, agitation you know so that what's needed to actually make one able to see these things or sense these things rather than just endlessly be them fight them resist them you know in other words get glued to them that's the that's the might say the 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 need for effort for calm for steadiness for kindness for you know these these skills, and then insight is just the sense of witnessing the process mm-hmm. so in terms of cultivation, this is like just witnessing you know rather than doing anything more. And you see where that witnessing can be most skillfully brought to bear. You know, so the first sense of witnessing is this viveka stepping back, which allows you to see everything. It's kind of mind movements, feelings, thoughts, perceptions changing. It's flowing. Anicca, inconstant, impermanent. <coughs> And of course, this is pretty easy in some some areas, and in some areas it's not easy. 
You know, instead of it it changing, you kind of get stuck. It sort of changes, but it just keeps repeating, like a needle stuck on a record. So you see, it's sticking, it's sticking, it's sticking, it's sticking. You know, an obsession. then what's necessary to just kind of step back from that obsession, that doubt, that memory, that concern about the future, about the past, about oneself, about others. Hmm? Really, uh, you know, cultivation, it's always, you know, the stuff that sometimes you didn't even, you know, not necessarily a meditation topic. <laughs> it's all the peripheries. It's all the you know our daily life, our our parents, our future, our building projects. Our you know it comes this very much caught up in in personal um, stories, personal narratives, and that that personal stuff acts like a like a seal. You know, that stops one really penetrating it. Oh, this is this is real. You know, this is a real thing. This isn't just a kind of mind. This is real. <laughs> this is the real world. You know, so for liberation, you really got to to know all of it. You know, however real it is, however, you know, it's about my state of health, or it's about the, you know having to do the delivery of gas bottles in a week's time, or whatever it is, you know, just a... Uh, this, is, this is practice too, is what's happening now. You know, you start to see the, the mind's reactions to that. You know, getting flustered, getting pushy, you know. Work, you know. Hurry up to get it, get it on, get it done, get it finished. Well, I won't die. Well, I won't die. Yes, oh, practice. Mm. What's needed to you know, step back from it's an emotional cooling, <clears throat> bit of giving up of normal strategies we have to arrive at certainty. Sometimes certainty is is gloom, certain failure. Sometimes it's success. Sometimes the certainty makes me feel solid, like I really am this or I really can't do it. I really can't make this, I really can't practice, I really can't practice here. Or you know, something of the opposite. Solid. You get solid with this is this is when the whole process takes over, it ends up as a solid person. This is what I am. This is what I can't do. This is what I need. This is what I haven't got. This is what I am. This is what I can never be. You know? And that's the solidification. 
And just, hmm, how did you get so real? How did you get so solid? <laughs> and where is that person? And when you kind of feel that person, is that really what you want to be? From the sealed off aloneness of it. You see, it is just the construction. Some of them are extremely unpleasant constructions, depression, fear, anxiety. Yeah? So we don't do this because it's fun, because it's, we like it, or we, because we decide to. It's a, it's a, a reflex. It's a, it's a kind of common pathology we all have. It's a reflex, the, the becoming, going into this st- solid being. It's like becoming leads to birth. We get born as, you know, in our own minds. And how true is it? For many people it becomes true. You know, actually the solidity becomes true. You start to walk it, act it, live it out. And it becomes true in, in a certain sense. It becomes your act in this life. Miserable. You know? Sealed off. Incapable of, of development, change, radical change. You know? So to start to really understand the self-view it, it is not something that we decide or we even have much control over. You've got to kind of, you know, you've got to change it systematically. First thing is just to even at least get an intellectual understanding of that. You know, of the pain of it, of being certain about anything. <laughs> of being solid about anything. You know. And do you really want to be solid? And it can seem so attractive because the mind doesn't like the uncertain, really doesn't handle it very well. Actually, this is the way out. Because at least what it does is it starts to loosen up the tightness of that grip on the future, the past and the present. We start to look what's actually creating the future, the present, the past. Right now, perceptions, impressions in the mind, uh, thoughts, mental feelings particularly. The stronger the mental feeling, the stronger the, the emotion, the stronger the pleasure pain, the stronger the intensity of the emotion, the more strong the glue is. You know, so I get, I get fired up, I get righteous, you know, and it's a very powerful passion, mental feeling of, uh, you know, rushes through, and it's a displeasure, 
irritation. Or something one feels absolutely convinced by, and it's kind of, wow, this would be great, you know. And actually, yeah. it's just another thing. <laughs> doesn't mean it's bad, it's just another thing, that's all. Doing things like, I wrote this book on karma you know, over a period of time started off with just a few talks and got edited chopped up, pasted up, stuck together re-edited new bits stuck in, old bits thrown out new bits stuck in, old bits thrown out edited, re-edited, re-edited. eventually you, know, you do about three or four years of work on this thing trying to really make it right exactly right the right, finally the right then you think well it's a bit too serious okay change that no, it's a bit too funny, colloquial, change that. No, it's not enough scripture in it, put that in. No, it's too intellectual, take that out. You know, it's too long, chop a bit off. No, it's not detailed enough, add some more in. Not enough personal stories in it, put that in. Too much personality, throw that out. something. Totally mashed pulp of words. <laughs> I just I don't look I don't even want to look at this anymore. <laughs> oh, thing makes me sick. <laughs> only, thing, only thing I like about it is the cover. <laughs> you know, trying to actually make the final right thing, and it isn't going to happen. It's just a bunch of words. That's all. <laughs> make such a big thing out of it. <laughs> You know, the final talk, the great teaching that's going to sort it all out. is isn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, Buddha talked pretty much 45 years. I don't know how many thousands of sutras there are. Literally thousands of them. You know, and you can read that stuff and still be completely thick. <laughs> Not they're wrong, but it's just that's it's just that. It's just another thing. Not that it wasn't worthwhile doing, but it only goes so far. Yeah. Best best monastery in the world. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you know. <coughs> Sangha, Theravada Sangha. Yeah, not bad I suppose. Just another thing. Some good, some not so good. So you get this sense of it's not putting it down, it's just to recognise things can only be things. They're, you know, they're compounded. Look at the ones that really feel solid. The I am ones. Mm. Everything else one can laugh at. <laughs> 
well, skillful means to begin to at least see the uh, or get a sense of the the endlessness of that. This is what rebirth is, sangsara. It's just the endlessness of that self world. You know, we start to just apply skillful means to acknowledge it. It's driven by thought, perceptions. What happens? Can you arrest a thought? Can you challenge a thought? Or a perception, an impression of yourself or other people or an event or a scenario that one's in. You know, and it's got truth in it. Everything's got some truth in it. But perception is always uh, a selection. And then, a, and then you s- stick t- together around that impression. Everything else that will support it. And filter out the rest. That's the way it works, isn't it? It's like, you know, you realise you put all the colours together... You come up with with you know, white in terms of light. It's only through screening out that you get things like reds and blues. Do it with solid substances, you get black. So we something to select particular wavelengths to focus on. Look down the. Fear wavelengths, everything that's frightening. Look down the irritation wavelengths, everything that's irritating. Look down the need wavelength, everything I want, the impoverishment. Look down the guilt wavelength, everything I can feel regret about in myself. Perception will conjure it up, no problem, easy. You just sit and meditate, just look how... What bits do you remember of the past? You know, you go down a certain channel. Here's all the great times I had when I was a layman. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life was bliss as a layman. Oh, yeah? Sure. Why are you doing this then? <laughs> you know, all the things I did, all the, I'm a failure. Let's put that one in. Do the search engine on how I'm a failure, right? All the things I got wrong. You know? Or everybody else is an irritator. So put that one on. Everything they come out. You know? It's like, wow. Perfect, perfect sangsara uh, engine, search engine. So you can start to play with it. Let's put all the things, you know, depending on your perception, if you're worried, all the things that actually happen by themselves without you doing anything about them. Sun coming up, weather's changing, people coming and going, food turning up on time every day, you know, things we don't notice. If you're a warrior, look at the things that happen without you doing anything about them. Anxiety, look at the things that, um, you know, give stability. And that the you know, you get you make a deliberate effort to look around every day. 
things that are stable, comforting, generous, offered, deliberate efforts. You start to challenge these habitual perceptions. So perception, you can't change it, but you can induce other perceptions. You can start to things to be grateful for, things to be glad about, things to appreciate, you know, in, in the way one is developed over a year, two years, five years, ten years. A little kinder, a little less compulsive, a little less rattled, a little less spiky, reactive, a little less gloomy, a little more trusting of others. Oh, yeah. You start to see how it happens. And then when you begin to see how that, then you can't set some sense of built-in dispassion about the perceptions that arise. There's no longer the big emotional investment in them. There's this emotional investment which gives rise to proliferation, papancha. And then the papancha fairy comes out, you know, Fairy for some people, genie for other people. Your wish is my command. What would you like? Do you like some despair? We can do it. <laughs> do you like a fantasy? No problem. You know, vroom, there it goes. Uh, see, it's kind of speed for the spin of it. And all these, you, you know, are called the whole momentum is sankara, volition, volitional formations. It's not deliberately affected from one's will, but it's an out of control, blind spin that the mind, you know, has habituated into. This is why you know uh, the real thing to, <laughs> you know, we talk about cessation. So you have detachment. Dispassion, cessation, oh, cessation is so miserable. You know, ceasing, not existing, wiping things out. This is the aim in Buddhism, ceasing, stopping, cessation. So yeah, it's called stop falling over a cliff. <laughs> stop setting your hair on fire. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so it doesn't seem so bad anymore, you know, when you realize what, what most of the people are doing all the time is just, you know, winding themselves up, thinking, just stop doing it. doesn't mean you, you, you are annihilating some actually existing thing. It's just breaking a compulsive habit that is so compulsive we don't even see we're doing it. It's, it's a reflex. The cessation is the cessation of that out of control, over the cliff, tumbling and spinning. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can actually, you know, just bearing that in mind, see, well, notice, you notice, you know, you look at something like a, a thought, a sensation, the moment it stops, when does it stop? You see it cease. Mm-hmm. Does it cease? 
That's it. Does it arise when there's a moment, a thought arise? Nothing there, and then suddenly there's a thought. Is that the way it is? And thinking and stops. Is that the way it is? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You try to get to the beginning of a thought. And you find, you know, I find this, you know, you throw your mind back to a point where it's not, and beginning of a thought and sort of openness, nothing going on. Then it's a sort of swirling, misty, boom, and then it starts to condense. Yeah. It's rather like, I don't know if you, you know, when you get sleeping and nodding, you know. I know you don't do this, but <laughs> there, you know, you're feeling really good. You know, okay, just watching the breath, and then things are getting kind of peaceful and calm, and then there's this sort of misty feeling, and then suddenly somewhere else, and then and somebody has the impertinence to suggest that you might be falling asleep, or <laughs> give you a poke. <laughs> yeah, what's that? I wasn't snorting, you know. It's like it's sort of, it, it doesn't happen. It just, it sort of, it comes, it's almost like an atmosphere, a drift, a sense in which, you know, we drift, a little drift. And out of that drift comes the, comes the form. It's almost not like if you, you know, if you, as you breathe in and breathe out, and you know, and if you did that with some cold glass in front of your mouth, then you find that the, the you get water forming on it, wouldn't it? You know, cold glass, and you're breathing on it, the water forming it. But you didn't, you know, you didn't spit on the glass. It's not like you threw water on it. Where did the water come from? You you know, it just it gradually. And was there a moment when it was bone dry, and then suddenly it was wet no it's as a sort of condensation effect whereby this you know the atmosphere if you like saturates with moisture and then it gradually forms into water it's rather like that it's how thinking happens in my experience check it out you know it's rather like there's a certain ponderingness or a certain you know background mood an atmosphere and out of that Forms arise, particular forms, and that atmosphere, you know, you start sensing your perceptual atmosphere. Could be your body state, could be coming out of, you know, a, a casual conversation. Something's there, an atmosphere is there of happiness or cheerfulness or depression or got a lot to do today, and it's there, and it's out of this mist. Suddenly these thoughts start forming. But just go back to however thought is, where does it begin? Can you find the moment of the beginning?
my experience, I, I do that. I go, I sense more the, 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 the mood, it can be sadness, something like that. Comes out of that. Or you know, joyfulness. But that mood can't actually start spinning unless it's got a specific topic. So it will crystallize. It will be something to get sad about, something to get happy about, something to get excited about. So then out of the background mood, this crystallization of particular topics occurs. And the topics are so clearly written that we think they came out of somewhere else. You know, they came out of reality. God told me. <laughs> or, you know, this is a world event. Yeah. How come that particular world event got in and the seven trillion other world events didn't get in? How come we didn't notice the butterflies or the uh, you know the witch hazel blooming? Why not? You know, someone a world event got in. I wonder why. <laughs> because it's the one that you know. It's like the HIV virus. It matches. It matches the uh, you know the, the, the thing in your own body. Now we can't say there's nothing in the world to feel frightened of. There's nothing in the world to feel anxious about. There's nothing in the world to feel sad about. There's nothing in the world to feel excited about. It's all out there. What gets in? Why does it get in? Because of this latent tendency that's actually looking. Its nature is to look for something to crystallize around. And they're there. You know, those things out there definitely will trigger those things. It's not to say there aren't, but how does it get under your skin and into your heart so that it sits there for hours, churning, chafing, heating, pulling? That's what we can do something about. That's the possibility. You know, as they say in the Mangala Sutta, while living in the world, one isn't dust free. You know, the mind is not shaken. And a company. Dust is out there, all right. Why do we rub it in our eyes? It's right there where, you know, the feeling, and then you have this latent tendency towards, we all have these. Not we don't have one, we all have a whole bunch of them, and different ones are strength, strengthened for different people. You know, some people are blue, some people are red, some people are green, we have more ditty, more tendency to opinions towards, you know, greed or towards depression or something. And then you, and out of that atmosphere, 
But the atmosphere can't crystallize unless it gets a topic. So you start to question the topic and the holding of it and when it arises in the mind. The compulsion of it. The stenciled in intensity of it. The I am that gets formed around it. So no, this is just the this is a perception. And then where does it begin? And you, if you start to see before the topic arises, the mood is there. So it comes to the mood, and then if the if the mood doesn't get a topic, it can't get going. It can't get into the spin. So then we 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 are with that kind of nebulous uncertainty, the nebulous prickliness, the nebulous hungriness. You know? Breathing in, breathing out. Bearing it, holding it. Sending some good energy through that. Walking through that. It's not a matter of getting rid of it. It's a matter of recognizing that the chitta, you know, if you like, the active center of the mind, the active center of consciousness, the I am bit, you might say, doesn't have to, doesn't have to be an object. You can't be a subject and an object at the same time. So we start to, if you like, what is the knowing of this? You know, what is the seeing of this? What is the bearing of this? So is it that abandonment is like just the teasing out the fibers. Normally, you know, the lost mind always associates into, on an object, always leans on an object, always inclines towards an object, always handles a perception, always gets involved with a perception. Uh-huh. And then we just the ability to know a perception, to, to bear with a perception, and then start to operate not in accordance with that perception. It's only things like, you know, you get the maybe you feel really hungry, your food turns up, and you get the you know, boom, and you can feel something driven into that food. Something dives into that food jumps into the bowl. <laughs> you know, you can just actually feel the feeling, the physical feeling of, of hunger, or whatever it is, and that emotional pull, and just come back into your body, slow down, slow, you know, why we have some of this training, like around eating a food, just eating it slowly, carefully, spoon at a time, when actually the blind instinct is just to jump into the bowl and wolf it all down. <laughs> just things like that, you know. Moving around without being hurrying. Seeing people without, you know, feeling you've got to immediately engage with them. You get the feeling, oh, it's you know, George, Harry, Susan. Oh, great. Okay. And just it's not it's checking that. 
Uh, you know, the, 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 the driven sense is always, this moment I have to act. This very moment I've got to act. Very rarely true. You know, very rarely true. You know, if, if you know, maybe 1% of the time, 5% of the time. A lot of the time it's just the blind push. So every time we check that, it's like giving wisdom back to ourselves, giving ourselves back to ourselves, giving ourselves the mind back to the mind. You know, giving the, the, the agent, the subject, autonomy. It doesn't have to mess with perceptions, moods, feelings. Same time, you know, it's not that it's going to kick them all out either. You know? And then you start to see something like uh, the gradual fading viraga, fading of these intensities, the less one is <coughs> activated by them. They, they tend to f- fade. Sometimes it takes years, you know, long-term, long-term programs, long-term activities of mind. But cessation is, you know, several things. You can take momentary, you know, the stopping, hold, arresting of the activity is the first sense of it. And we don't actually act upon that. Cessation of the thought, the topic. Cessation of the mood, perception. But really, we're looking for you know what occurs eventually is the ending of the anutsaya, the bias, the latent tendency. Latent tendency to see these things as I am, and the latent tendency of views, the latent tendency of becoming, the latent tendency of greed, the latent tensity of irritation. These, these take their time. You know, we start to see cessation in small ways, like that impulse arising and then stopping. So relinquishment, Patinitsuga, relinquishment of this very basis, accumulation, Solidity, being something. The sense that even the sense that one could, the searching for it, searching for ground. And this is not going to happen, you know, through some just some ideological position. It happens because one has. You know, the, through the maturation of the wisdom, the clarity, the dispassion, that allows the subject to rest in that rather than hold on to an object. So we find our ground, if you like, in our witnessing, our moment at a time, our letting go. Start to see that 
acknowledge that, practice that, honor that, respect that. See, this is your lifesaver. Nothing else. This is your lifesaver. That that we, we all do. Everybody does it. You know, some sense in which we step back, we check, we say, okay, let things pass. We do it. It's to be developed. It means you do it more and you do it around the places where the, you start to see how you can do it around the places where the spin happens, where the spin wants to happen. You know, getting good at meditating isn't going to happen. Yeah. But from that uh, sense of letting go, things it's, things start to happen by themselves. Mm. That is, there is a calming, there is a clarification, there is a lessening of the burden, the mind starts to steady. And the meditation comes, you know. Skillful means arrive when we're no longer so desperate. So this is this path of insight. Is this uh, very courageous, you know? But it's developing because it means we have to, you know, put so many of our agendas and suppositions on hold. Just witnessing, not dismissing them. Just witnessing. What's the feeling of this? What's the spin in this? Where's the suffering in this? Where's the push in this? But we, you know, but there's an immediate fruit, which is for that moment, you kind of, a little bit more space. And there's a long-term fruit in that the less you encourage those tendencies, the less they have momentum and fuel to keep growing. Mind starts to really not pick things up. You don't have to keep abandoning because one isn't picking up the dust of the world. The dust of the past, smoke of the future, the glue of the present. 